Today is Good Shepherd Sunday because every fourth Sunday of Easter, we always hear from this chapter of John where Jesus refers to himself as the Good Shepherd. And that it is also the World Day of Prayer for vocations because of this idea of the shepherd calling his sheep. The word vocation means to be called. So what I thought I'd do today, kind of a little bit less of a homily and more of a testimony because I don't think I've ever shared with you really the path of me answering the call as everybody likes to say. Because I think some people think that priests basically just fall from the sky or that they were anointed from the time they were an infant and wanted to be a priest from the time that they were three and just follow God's path from there on out. So I'm gonna share with you a little bit how I heard God's call in my life. So the first stage of life, I call it just the following. Following like the sheep. I grew up in a Catholic family. Mass on Sunday was not optional in our home. It's what we did on Sunday morning. When I was younger, we would pray at night as a family. But then as we got older, there were four of us. And with different activities with all four kids, we were never all at home in the evening. And so family prayer started to fall apart as we became teenagers. But that was the home that I lived in. And the example from my parents was always that service was important, that we always had to find a ministry that we were going to help with at the church. And volunteering in our life was always part of our life alongside all the other activities that we did. And what I always tell people, because they ask, well, what did your parents do that made you to become a priest? My dad also asks me, what did we do different with you that you became a priest? And I say, my parents, I don't think they ever once brought up becoming a priest to the boys in the family. But it was the witness of my parents' love and the way that they loved each other through good times and in bad and sickness and in health. That love, when the time came, became enough for the possibility of celibate priesthood to be a good thing to pursue. The second stage in my life, I call it as St. Peter says today, Jesus as the guardian of my soul. So in grade eight, I had kind of a difficult year where I had a falling out with my whole group of friends that I had had since elementary school. I just kind of fell out of favor. And for a young boy, that can be rather traumatic. It was. But the blessing from God in the midst of that was my homeroom class had none of those friends, former friends, in it. It had a bunch of other kids. And they were more than happy to welcome me into their circle of friends instantly. And most of them attended a group called Young Life, which is a non-denominational Christian group that we would meet at somebody's house, different house, every week on a Wednesday night. And we had one or two leaders of Young Life that would lead us through the evening and we would sing fun, fun songs and there would usually be a skit or a little bit of a game and then a short reading from scripture and a short teaching and then we'd all head over to McDonald's and hang out at McDonald's for the rest of the evening. And so I started to do that in junior high and that continued into high school and that was the first time that I made choices for my faith apart from my parents but it wasn't really anything active that I did. 
That's why I consider Jesus the guardian of my soul because what ended up happening with the friends that I had up until that point, once they got to high school, I probably never would have become a priest. And Jesus shielded me from that and gave me friends that led me down a different path and gave me the opportunity of making choices for my faith apart from my parents. And that voice of God in my life at that point was kind of like, if you've ever watched Charlie Brown, The Teachers, that was about as clear as God's voice was at that point. It was somewhere there in the background. I knew being Christian was a good thing and blessings were coming from that, but that was about all it was. Then the third stage, like St. Peter says today, is the time where I was cut to the heart. And so living that through high school, getting to the end of high school and young life kind of ending and not now being asked by my parents to serve in the church and being a young adult, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Is this something that I'm actually going to live out? Or now that I am free from mom and dad's oversight, do I choose other things? And I went into sciences after high school, which is not a place that is rife with believers in God. And so I had to ask big questions. But in the middle of that, the youth minister who had tried to get me to come to youth group every year of high school, and I turned him down every time except for twice, I think, through my whole high school years, came to me in university and said, do you want to help with youth group this year? And because I don't know how to say no, I started helping with youth group. And what I quickly realized in trying to serve the high school kids at my parish was one, wow, a lot of these kids have a way deeper faith than I ever did when I was in high school. And then it was, whoa, a lot of these kids have a way deeper faith than I do right now. Maybe I should do something about that. And it was during that year at some point, I can't remember when, that for some reason I was play, praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament after a youth night one night, which was not a regular occurrence in my life at that point. And I don't know what I was praying about, but that was where I received the call. But it was no voice from God. But it was this distinct sense of, what about the priesthood? And the only way that I can describe it to people, the way that I, the analogy I use to describe it, is the feeling of homesickness. The feeling of homesickness for the priesthood, that when we're homesick, if I can just be at home, I will be okay. And it was basically that grace that was given in prayer. And so my reaction was, absolutely, God, I'll leave everything behind and I'll follow you, and now I'm here. No, not at all. It was, God, I'm happy. Why would you want to make me miserable? If that's what you want, you do something about it because I'm not interested. That's pretty much verbatim. And so I left it, even though it kind of shook me because I'd never experienced anything like that before. And so I ignored it for a good while. And that led me to the last stage of being called by name, that you hear the shepherd's voice and you know his voice. And what started after a year and a half of stubbornness, which started 
by a priest who had seen me around young adult events, pulled me out of the crowd at one point and said, you ever thought about becoming a priest? Yes, I have. Well, if you ever want to talk about it, come and see me. And so that being pulled out of the crowd when slowly starting spiritual direction with this priest, he was slowly discovering what it meant to be called by God. And so the beginning was like a roller coaster where one day I was ready to give up my undergrad degree and start seminary next week. And then the next day it was like, no God, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm moving on. But slowly, it was what the bishop invited me to do when I did enter seminary, which was to grow in friendship with Jesus. I never thought about a friendship with Jesus before. God was just the deity that existed in the sky and the creator of the whole universe. And I was the small creature. And because he created all things, I was probably supposed to do some things for him because he created me. And maybe this priesthood thing was going to be the thing that I did. But I'd never thought about friendship with Jesus. And so then it became a slow learning process of what it meant to be a friend of Jesus in prayer, in service, and in community. And through that time in seminary, with the help of St. Therese of Lisieux, came to know what it meant that God saved me, that God chose me, that God called me by name to serve, even when I didn't want to serve and didn't think I could serve. And so in all of that, there was never a point where I heard God's voice. There was a slow leading of God, like a shepherd leading his sheep. And most of it was quite reluctantly all along the way. There were very few moments where I actively said, this is what I need to do. It was a simple guidance by the shepherd and trying to learn how to be open to be guided that led me here. And so it's rarely a St. Paul Damascus event where we're thrown off a horse and we're blinded by grace. It's the shepherd who leads a sheep. And so if we become willing to strive to hear his voice, and this isn't what we call vocations, it's not just vocation to the priesthood. We're all called to a vocation as Christians. And we're called to vocations within vocations in our Christian life because the shepherd is always calling us and learning how to listen to the way that he speaks to you, which will be different than the way he speaks to me, is the way that we come to know his will because he desires that we have joy and that we have it abundantly.